Thank you for tuning in to the WAM Podcast, where women empower women in business and manufacturing. Good afternoon, and welcome to Women and Manufacturing. I'm Lydia DiLiello, the CEO and founder of Capital Pricing Consultants, and I have the honor of hosting Women in Manufacturing today. And I have with us today Antonella Sinito from 3M, and she is the Latin America Pricing Operations Manager, which means, Antonella, I know that that means you have a lot of different headaches over the last year with prices changing globally and everything going crazy. But welcome to Women in Manufacturing. We're so happy to have you with us. Thank you, Lydia. Thank you for your invitation to participate in this meeting. Well, I think this is going to be a real eye-opener for our, our viewers. We've not talked specifically about pricing before, but it is such a critical piece to everything we do, whether from a manufacturing perspective or any business perspective. I think it's often so overlooked. So I'm anxious for you to share your knowledge with our viewers. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Okay, thank you, Lydia. Yes, well, I am from Argentina. I live in Buenos Aires. I like to share with people that I am a biologist. I study biology in Buenos Aires University. So I like to talk about that I am a pricer by an accident because really <laughs> it's not my my career started my career started very different i always uh, work in research and development i have helped but for numerous positions in pharmaceutical companies and i moved to 3m 10 years ago i also started in research and development team and after that, I discovered that I really enjoy processes. I, I like changing the way that things are done. So I work in the Lean Six Sigma team. And in the last two years, I have been working with this position, Pricing Operation Manager for Latin America. So your background is very much in data and management yeah. of data in terms of research which also explains why you are very gifted at pricing because you have to understand data and how to use it and how to interpret it to be effective at pricing. So when you say it was accidental, but I, I see the fit in terms of how you got from one place to the other. Yes, and that's a fantastic conclusion, Lydia, because I remember when I was in the interview for this position and they asked me why you are asking for a position in pricing? Why do you are, you are interested in that? And that was the reason I explained the team. I used to work and I love to work with a lot of data because I think that in the data is the answer to the majority of the issues that we have in the processes. Now, if we look in detail the data, the data talks by itself where the solution is. And that's why I enjoy And that's what a biologist do when, when we are trying to understand a biological process. So yes, that's the connection. I love managing data. And also I think that biologists know about a lot of processes and we have this scientific thought about, okay, if I stop this or I change the other route, what happens? And that's what I do on my, my daily. And I think that that's tremendous. And Antonella, tell us a little bit about, so I think being a woman who manages data, and being a woman in pricing is a different experience. Um, it's a field that predominantly has been held by men. And I think still, even after being around it for almost 30 years now, 
I finally see women in the room, which I'm so excited about, and women like yourself in senior leadership roles. But share with the viewers what your experience has been as a woman in leadership around pricing. Well, I think that is a challenge. First of all, it's a challenge to achieve a leadership position. Woman or, or, or not, it's a challenge to be a leader because it's a huge responsibility being a leader because we have the responsibility to make team growth. No, it's our responsibility to help our team to grow. Say that I also must say that I am a very lucky person because I live in a country where really there are a lot of opportunities for, for women and also because 3M leaves these behaviors about giving the same opportunities to women and men. So, so I am a very lucky people and say that I think that one of the biggest challenges that I, I had is to shampoo or to get right the stereotypes that women should be with the family and you can do both things or what happens if you want to have child, so if you want to have babies and, you know, th these are the, the biggest challenges and also explaining people mm -hmm. that you can do both or you can do how many things you want to do and you can do them well. This is one challenge. Regarding the company, I think the biggest or the most important thing I try to do is to empower women in my team and to tell people with my own experience that's possible, that the opportunities are there. And for sure, data management and being very solid, very robust with your comments, with your opinions, with the things or, or how you defend the ideas you have, the strategy that want, you want to implement, I think that helps us a lot. So to paraphrase what, what you're sharing with us, Antonella, it's very much about the job that you're doing. In other words, make it about the results that you and your team are achieving not about whether it's a woman or a man who has who has come to these conclusions or is presenting this project but how is the work being achieved and what are the results of that work yes yes exactly that and do you see a woman who works with data i think thinks or often processes data differently do you feel the same way or what has been your experience relative to that well i consider me a young person you know i, I am 35 yes. years old also a woman and i think that when you manage data you set up a common language and you avoid differences between people data is something that connects us we are speaking all the same language and it's not more about opinion on or the perception you have about the other person it's just a fact and i think that's something that helped us to broke this barrier about is if a female or male or if it's young, old, is has or not experienced, is the same common language and it's about facts. And that helped me a lot. Well, and I love your phraseology in terms of saying it, it becomes a common language and that it's a factual common language because it takes out, as you've said, opinions. It takes out everything except here are the facts. Now we work from those facts and what does that tell us? So that's a wonderful way to describe how you get a team together and, and get to something that is common. So share with us then what, what those, I know those facts you use in everyday life as a pricing operations manager, 
but share with, with us, what does a pricing operations manager do on a daily basis? And what has your life looked like in the past year, given supply chain shortages and COVID and managing global business? Well, the first thing is that the a pricing operation manager does something very different what people think we do, no? Because when we talk about price, everybody thinks about, okay, you are setting the price or you are setting the value-based price for the products. You are defining how much it will be, it will cost. And really my, my work is very different of this. I have two main objectives in the company. And the first one is to improve customer experience. We need to, to improve the experience to operate with 3M. Mm-hmm. And the other, the other big uh, objective that we have is reduce the cost to serve. And the point where these two elements shine is where the pricing operation manager leads. How is my day? Well, we start this journey because we want to, to move into a new RP. There was a huge transformation in the way that we think business and we we want to change the ERP that we are using. And we understand that the way to do this is to simplify and to have a more clean process and more agile process. And in the middle of all these projects, a lot of things happen. Service disruption, pandemics, you, you know, a lot of things happen. At the same time, we decide to, to move with this new project. I think that companies, all companies, not only the the one that I work, need to be more agile, but also all the companies need to put in the center the customer because the reality changed. The customers are not expecting the same things that expect previous the pandemic. They want to have the products in a simple way. Also, in the B2B business, you know, my global leader says B2B companies need to work like more B2C companies. And that's right. The customers are expecting to have a more B2C company also when we are a B2B company. And the only way to do that is to simplify processes. We need to have processes that allow us to adapt quickly to the changes of the environment. Uh, And probably that's my biologist who is saying that, but we we need to... We need to adapt really quickly to the changes in, in the environment that we live and we need to, we need to improve the, the experience of the customers. So that's what I do. I standardize the processes in, across Latin America. We have 18 countries in this, with the same process right now. Wow. We, yes, a lot, lot. Three different languages, different currencies, different realities, because it's in Latin America is very similar, but it's not as similar as we want in terms of processes. So we standardize the process. We see the opportunities where we can simplify our internal process in order to give a better experience to our customer. Because at the end, the customers want to have transparency with their price. They want to see many times we think that we can set up complex volume programs and promotions and that customers want to buy because it's promo. And at the end, customers don't understand what's happening or how much they are paying for a product. So that's what we do. We simplify, we help business to grow, identifying when, where we have the opportunities to operate better. 
And I think I took a lot. <laughs> no, not at all. I, I think your explanation is a wonderful one. And especially giving us context around that you have multiple languages, multiple currencies, 18 countries, and yet you are standardizing process among all of those. I think many of our listeners, myself included, are thinking, I've been in operations and, and with my own clients where we can't get standardization within one physical plant location, let alone in 18 countries. So it's really a credit to you and your team and your, your position around process control and around getting people to, to engage similarly, because if you standardize process, then you can achieve that end goal, which is to get the customer what they're looking for in as clean and easy a format for them to consume it as possible. And I really like what you said about all of these complex promotions. And I think prior to the pandemic, people believe marketing is very important, but when the promotions get so complex and so multi-stepped, I think customers just check out. They want what they want. And so how do you give it to them in a format they can consume at a consistent price so they don't feel like they're being cheated or, or they're getting a great deal, but they know what they're paying every time. And I, I think that that's huge. Yes, yes. This is a big challenge, but also it's a huge opportunity, no? I want to, to make a comparison with the real life because we are talking about price, you know, and, and I use this example and imagine that you used to travel with a handbag or two handbags, yes, and you put all the clothes there and you don't need to have this in order because the handbag gives you the possibility to put all the clothes in there and you travel. You are going to arrive to the place you want to travel and it will, it will be okay. But one day you decide you don't want to use more these handbags and you want to use a travel suit, yeah? I don't know, you have a child, you need one hand for one hand free because you need to do other things. So you decide to move into a travel suit. If you try to do the same that you used to do with your handbag, you want to, you want to put all the clothes there and take as much clothes as you can because that's how you use it's not possible. You are not going to do that. So to, for doing that, you need to put your clothes in order, understand what do you really need, what you are really use, what's useful in the new place you are going to be, and choose what makes sense for you. So that's what we do in pricing operations. We help the business to understand what they really need to put things in order, in order to have only the things they really need to be successful as business. And that's our mission. And for sure, the experience of doing that will be better for they, themselves, for the business by itself, and also for our customers, no? And, and that's about what we do. And I think that's a wonderful analogy because all of us can relate to traveling with a suitcase where we've just thrown everything in versus when you're packing a suit bag and everything has to be on the hanger, buy outfit, and then one pair of shoes because it won't hold more. And I think that's a wonderful analogy to, of choosing and ordering and thinking about what, what gives you benefit and what is just left over and why are you bringing that along anyway. Now, that kind of leads us, Antonella, into another topic in terms of change management, because to go from 18 countries with all of their own processes and all of their own thought processes and multiple languages and multiple currencies 
Speak a bit about change management. Well, I think this is the most common pitfall when you are focused on processes mm -hmm. to forget people. And I think that people is the most important element in all the transformational processes. Because at the end, at the end and at the beginning, people is who make the change possible. I think there are key elements in this change management process that are very important. The first point or the starting point is understanding and communicating properly why we are changing, mm -hmm. what happened if we do not change, mm -hmm. and why we are doing this change now. No, why now? The other point is to involve the key stakeholders. Key mm -hmm. stakeholders may, should be must be commitment with the new process. They need to understand, and I think that's a very good strategy for change management and also for having the best process that we have is involved in the solution, the key stakeholder of the process. That's key because when we build the solution together, also we can afford together when things get wrong, when things don't want, doesn't work as we expect to work. So this is another important uh, element and maintain the communication, constant communication, mm -hmm. constant training. And sometimes when we talk about communication, we think in formal surveys or we think in about, okay, make a meeting with all the team or all. And probably the most important element is to have the voice of customer, the informal voice of customer, because it's the where you have more information about what's really happening because people in big with big audiences, people don't want to talk about what's wrong or what, how they feel or where things are not going well. So this informal voice of customer is key for, for the success. For sure, the change management is the one of the most important pillars in every organization and for sure in a transformational process. And also it's important to understand that when you are making a huge transformation, people need time. Mm -hmm. And we do not have to expect that they are going to change the way that they have been operating from one day to another. They need to understand why. And also they need time to understand and to accept the new process. Mm -hmm. So to support team in this change, I, I think these are important elements. But for sure, it's the biggest challenge because I say always processes works in Excel. You can define, you can change, you can implement, you can go back. But there are a lot of emotion in people that make the change management the most important thing in, in changing processes. That's a really wonderful description of, of what it takes to effectively manage change and to get it through an organization where it sticks and then it becomes the new stage rather than you hear so many companies that fail in projects because the employees aren't bought in and and i think it's really important for the viewers to take away one of your critical points relative to you know we we all always default to what's the voice of the customer but to your point we can't expect our customers to tell us what's really going wrong or what they don't like if we've got them in a setting of 25 people. If we want that kind of detail, I think it requires one-on-one -on -one or very small groups where we're saying, okay, Antonello, what do you like about our product and what don't you? What works for you in our processes? What doesn't? 
because you made a great point when you said, you know, they're not customers aren't going to tell you what's not working right for them in a room of 25 or 30 people. So we need to make sure we're constantly assessing that. And then how are we sharing that back with the organization? Because we always get into the emotions and people wanting to make sure that it's not my fault it didn't work kind of approaches. So I think that's really great advice. Yes. You know, Livia, I think that something important is to be honest, no? Being honest about and embrace the reds and accept when you make mistakes. I always say this position was the biggest challenge of my career up, up to now. It was the biggest challenge and I made a lot of mistakes. But raising the hand, accepting the error, you know, I say, hey, yes, I make a mistake and how we can solve this or how can I go back? I think that's key also to maintain the trust with a team, with your own team, because I many times made mistakes. So I say, hey, guys, I, I made this mistake. What was my error? Let's solve that. And also with our internal and ex- external customer, accepting the mistake, being honest with people and thinking about how to solve this and how to improve for the future. I think that's also key. Well, and that when a leader sets that kind of tone, Antonella, where you are the first one to say, look, this didn't go as I planned. Here is where the mistake is. Now we're going to fix it. Then you encourage your own team to come to you. And and instead of trying to hide a mistake, which only gets worse over time, but saying immediately, look, this didn't work out. How help me fix this. So it becomes a team effort, which I think builds that trust you were talking about earlier, which is so critically important. So these are wonderful words of wisdom from you about what we can do to help our teams. Now, as we're getting to the end of of our interview here, are there any last thoughts that you'd like to leave the viewers with? Oh, yes. I think that, first of all, for all the women that are listening to this podcast, this interview, be confident on yourself. You can do all the things that you propose to do. It's just to move in, to get right the stereotypes. It's possible. And I think that coming back to the to the processes and the changes, remember always that people is the most important element in the company. So take care about the people in our teams and people we work with in order to have a good execution and to achieve the results that we want. So I think that that's really great advice for us to end on. For those of you that are listening in the audience, If you would like to hear more of Antonella's wisdom, she is going to be a keynote speaker for the Professional Pricing Society's October Global Conference that will be held in San Francisco. And so we hope that you will join her there. So Antonella, I thank you so much for being our guest today. It was a wonderful interview and a great opportunity to learn about how pricing really works in a company and what a pricing operations manager does, especially one who has global responsibilities. For our viewers, please remember that Jacket Media Company has several other broadcast options for you, including Manufacturing Talk Radio, Hazard Girls, and Hazard Girls highlights unusual roles of women in industry, Manufacturing Matters with Cliff Waldman, and of course, in terms of women and manufacturing. So until next time, We look forward to seeing you all once again. And Antonella, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you for the opportunity, Leah. Thank you for joining the WAM podcast, where women empower other women in business and manufacturing. For more shows like this, 
go to whampodcast.com. That's whampodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.